from Forth. This is So What Do You Do? podcast. When someone tells you what they do for work, do you ever secretly think, okay, but what do you actually do? I'm Ellie, and you, my friend, are in the right place. We interview everyday professionals from all positions in all industries. So sit back, relax, and learn where you too can thrive in a nine to five. Today's episode, we speak with Amy, who is an assistant director of admissions at a liberal arts college. Amy studied marketing and had internships that dealt with consumer marketing and and advertising, as well as marketing with pharmaceuticals. However, post-college, Amy was referred to a position by her former college lacrosse coach. This position was part coaching and part admissions counselor. Since that initial role, Amy has focused on admissions and is now the assistant director, and she mostly handles communications, marketing, and of course, all things, admissions and applications, etc. Today, Amy and I talk about her odd transition into higher ed, the hustle and bustle of the admissions season, and how to get your foot in the door. Hello, everyone, and welcome to So What Do You Do? Today on the line, we have Amy. So Amy, without further ado, please jump right in and introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. Um, Thanks for the introduction. Yes. So I am an assistant director of admissions at a small liberal arts college. Um, I didn't start out with that being like my formal career title. Um, I, my background was kind of in marketing and communications that that's what I envisioned myself as um, working at an industry or just in the marketing field. Mm -hmm. And I have landed in higher education now. Okay, awesome. So I know you mentioned your background a little bit of marketing. So in the in the United States, where do you work now? It just regionally speaking, and where did you go to school? And kind of talk a little bit about how you got. Because I kind of know your story, so I'd love for you to share with my audience how you got to where you are right now. Definitely. So um, I originally am from New Jersey. I'll start there, and okay. I attended a small liberal arts school um, in upstate New York called Hobart and William Smith Colleges. And I now work in Maine um, at another liberal arts college. And before this role, I was working at a different college in Maine. So liberal arts schools in general are kind of condensed to the Northeast more. It's kind of a funny little niche of the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was not familiar with liberal arts at all. My mom went to Penn State. Um, My brother went to URI. I was a Big Ten football fan. Like, that's where I thought I was going for school. And um, I kind of got into the liberal arts world through my recruiting process as I was looking at colleges to play lacrosse. Um, So liberal arts colleges are kind of – I'm trying to think of the best way to describe them. So you can kind of touch every area of um, a subject without like narrowly majoring. And so like most colleges, you take gen eds 
um, and liberal arts don't have those requirements. You kind of just have these like goals you have to achieve. Um, and so like I studied marketing and communications, but I took physics classes, I took biology classes. Um, so the liberal arts education spans a great variety of subjects. I love that. And also part of this podcast, I would love to be able to reach high school students as well. So I am really appreciative of you sharing that as someone who did not go to a liberal arts school. I really didn't know that. I mean, I knew that there were differences in the curriculum and kind of how the opportunities that you get. I did understand that they're a little bit more vast at a liberal arts college, but that's a really interesting way of thinking about it that even though you are a marketing, you know, business focused student, you still were encouraged um, through, you know, your curriculum requirements or just through encouragement to take these other courses that would kind of touch um, from a different perspective onto your major. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of, um, you get to dump, dump your hands, well, my English, in a, a <laughs> bunch of different subjects. Um, and apply those to, to kind of your one um, main focus, which is really interesting. And so I really liked that world. It applied to kind of just the way my brain works um, mm -hmm. with multiple areas. Um, and so that's one of the reasons I started looking um, to get back into that world some way. And so now what I do as an admissions, um, in admissions is I help track attract high schoolers to come um, take liberal arts education. I love For example, that. most people, yeah, so most people like know about the Big Ten schools or, or know about college, but a lot, a lot of my job is just describing what the advantages of a liberal arts education are. Yeah, so, and I, that's really cool, and I can't wait to dive into what your everyday looks like in that role, but one piece I did want to touch on before that was you had mentioned, you know, I was a marketing student and now I work in higher ed and you know that you had mentioned assistant director of admissions didn't used to be your title. So talk us through you graduated college, then what happened? Yeah. So, um, like I said, I was focusing on marketing communications in school. Um, I did a bunch of internships while I was in college. So I worked at, uh, consumer advertising agency. So I wrote on some cookie companies, some tea companies. So it was kind of like food product based. That's mm -hmm. where that's what the word consumer is. It's like the actual products when you hear consumer marketing. Yes, yes. Um, and then I did another internship at a pharmaceutical marketing agency. So I wrote for, um, drugs that were being approved by the FDA. So they were on the healthcare professional side. Mm -hmm. um, and so I liked the pharmaceutical side better because I felt like what I was writing and what I was producing um, was having like a meaningful impact where when I was writing for a cookie company, I'm a celiac. So I couldn't even like eat the product I was talking about. <laughs> and in yeah. marketing, that was like a yeah, and that was a really important piece for me um, and something that, like, I was really thinking a lot about, well, how do I make um, what I'm trying to sell, essentially, if, mm -hmm. if that's what marketing is, um, impactful to me. Mm -hmm. So after 
school, my past, I was concentrated on winning a national championship. So I really wasn't thinking about my next step, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we didn't win. And all of a sudden, it was like real world kind of hit. Mm-hmm. So I moved to my beach house um, and worked as a nanny for the summer, trying to figure it all out. Um, had decided I was going to head west to the mountains for the winter um, and then kind of get a real job and, and figure it out. Um, when I got reconnected with my college coach, um, and she had an opportunity for me to apply for a coaching position um, at the collegiate level in Maine. And I was really hesitant about the coaching position because I wasn't sure um, I really wanted to go down coaching um, as a career path. I had, you know, kind of set myself up to have a marketing path. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the reasons I applied and then ended up accepting that position is because it was a coaching position coupled with college admissions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me as a graduate right out of college, um, it was kind of an opportunity that was too good to pass down. And it kind of gave me the opportunity to explore two different avenues. And so my mentality was, okay, I'll accept this position. And if I don't like coaching, maybe I'll like admissions. If I don't like admissions, maybe I'll like coaching mm-hmm. or I don't like either of them. And then I could go back to the drawing board and at least I've kind of crossed some things off my list. Right. You've um, rolled those t- two things out and then maybe you pivot back to marketing or you do something else. Exactly. And, and the way I was kind of viewing admissions was, well, I was reading the job description of an admissions counselor um, and it sounded a lot like what I've been doing, but the product I was selling was just becoming education instead of a tangible um, cookie or tea or um, like the drugs I was writing on for the pharmaceutical agencies. And so it kind of went back to my initial thought process during my undergrad of like, I want to do marketing, but I want it to be impactful. Um, And for me, so what's more important than education is kind of how I view it. Um, So I ended up really liking that admissions side um, of my dual role as a coach and an admissions counselor. So I applied um, for the position or the school I'm currently at. Um, I actually applied for a job that was very out of reach. It had like more experience than I had that they were asking for, mm-hmm. but I kind of fit the job qualifications. Um, and it, it was speaking to a lot of my strengths. I studied art in undergrad. And so they wanted someone who could work with Adobe programs, um, had experience in admissions, but I, I definitely was very underqualified for the role. So I applied just on a whim and they contacted me back and said, Um, We have a lot of great applicants for the job you apply for, but we actually have another opening we think you would be great as. So I applied for the director position, which is kind of like the top dog. Mm -hmm. Um, And they offered me an assistant director position. So it was in a step up from um, an assistant counselor, which is kind of like that entry level position in Mm -hmm. admissions. Um, And then the role that I'm in now. 
I love, okay, that's awesome. And so I knew a little bit of your story kind of leading from college into that coaching and admissions role, but that's so awesome to hear. And I think that's such a great lesson for any of my listeners to know, regardless of where you're at in your career, there's always going to be postings or positions or opportunities that feel a little outside of your reach, but it never hurts to apply. Like you said, they they recognize the fact that you're a great applicant, even if you didn't have the number of years of experience that they were looking for. So, you know, they said, oh, this other job is available, but you never know. They could have literally made that position for you, you know, just based on saying, yes, we want to keep her on our staff and, you know, we want to groom her for this next role or whatever that may be. So that's so exciting and really, really cool. Yeah, definitely. And it was, something I didn't really think of. Um, I kind of applied because it had sounded interesting. And then Mm -hmm. they would, when they came back with this tangible position, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, it was, it was a really good stepping stone for me as I'm kind of building my career portfolio. Oh, absolutely. And even still an assistant director role is still amazing. Um, just to be going into recently after college. So that's, that's really awesome. Um, So now we get to jump into the really exciting, the meat and potatoes, the second section of this podcast, which really just covers what do you actually do? Um, And I get this from my audience, from listeners, um, from the fourth family all the time is just what does, you know, XYZ job actually mean? So if you would, Amy, to the best of your ability, walk us through maybe an average day or an average week, whatever makes most sense so that my listeners can understand what an assistant director of admissions would do every day. Definitely. So I think um, college admissions in general kind of has this, um, I don't know about like conspiracy, but there's a lot of confusion what what goes on in our world. And I think that stems from people having gone through the college process themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's a stressful one and it's a crazy one. And so you don't really think about the people who are making it happen. You kind of just view colleges as these, you know, their own world, these functioning beasts. But like, what, what are the people do actually doing there? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a conversation I have frequently with high school students, which is a large part of my job is, is talking to them about, um, my college and I I always tell them like remember yes you're pressing submit on an application and so much of the college process is digital these days but there are real people um behind the scenes Mm -hmm. who are making it all happen um so to give you kind of an overview of my office the way our specific admissions department is run, it's kind of broken up into different teams, which is, is a really cool environment. Um, and, and I don't know a ton about all of the teams because I work in about a 30 person office. So it's a, a pretty good size, mm-hmm. uh, but there's the financial aid team, which they obviously handle um, financial aid and, and numbers, um, which is, very outside my comfort zone, but I know they do a great job with it. Um, And, and then we have various other teams and I specifically work on our marketing and communications team. So again, kind of pulling in um, 
my undergrad experience there. Mm -hmm. And so what my team is responsible for is the college's outreach, um, all of our digital campaigns and presence. So um, if you think about watching TV and you see a commercial for a college, um, that's their marketing team producing that. the messaging behind what's being said about the school, um, what students are trying to speak to or prospective students are trying to speak to. Um, And then I personally handle um, our social media as well as content collection, which is kind of just a fancy word for um, collecting everything that's said anywhere about the school and figuring out how to use that for our benefit in some way. Um, And then I also oversee some of our video projects. So um, shooting anything that could help promote the college um, on digital media, but then also when we go and meet face-to-face with students or prospective parents as well. Wow, that is a ton. So I guess that's super interesting to me as someone who doesn't really know a lot about the higher ed or even just specifically the admissions world. So one thing I do want to call out is you are using largely your marketing background, like the ability to do, like you said, work within Adobe or just like be creative and work with maybe a video team or, you know, create social media posts or whatever that is. So you, I guess what I didn't realize, I think is how much you are actually using of your marketing background to be successful in a higher education world. And even beyond that, an admissions world. Yeah, and I think that was um, one part of, so I, the admissions office I had previously worked in was very small. It was a much smaller school. Mm-hmm. So that office functioned very differently than the one I'm in now. So that office, um, everybody was doing everything to make it happen. Where I currently am, because we have 30 people just in admissions, um, and and I, I work at like a mid-size it's about 3,000 um, students total. So, mm-hmm. so not, not like a, we're not talking big 10 here. Their admissions departments are probably like triple the size of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have specific teams that handle it. So we have like a visitor relations team and their job is on campus visits. And I'm sure like everybody remembers going and touring (laughs) colleges and we have people who handle that experience. Exactly. Um, We have an outreach team that handles a lot of our partnerships with um, community-based organizations. So nonprofits that are helping underprivileged high school students who don't necessarily have access to like how to apply to a college. they do a lot of that outreach and um, just keeping the relationship with specific schools um, to get people to campus. Um, And then my team, which is our, our marketing piece. So that was a big attractor to this position because I could kind of um, use what I had for my undergrad and use my previous internship experience, but have it be in a more directed way. Um, 
And one thing about the benefit of that is, yes, I work in marketing and yes, I work in college admissions, but it's kind of a balancing act where like every day is, is not the same because it's, I'm not only um, doing marketing. I also fulfill the roles of an admissions counselor, which Mm -hmm. means that um, each counselor is responsible for a certain territory um, that you go and visit individual high schools, meet face-to-face with students, go to college fairs, um, and then as well as handle those application materials once they start to come in during the the actual process. Gotcha. So would you say it's about, well, if you had to break it up by percentage in terms of hard admissions, like traveling, going to schools, recruiting, reviewing admissions versus marketing work and more communications, advertising the school. How would you split that up in your specific role? So it definitely varies um, based on the time of year. So Mm -hmm. one thing that I didn't realize at all um, about college admissions when I was a student going through the process when I was a college student you know as as a college student you kind of get to campus and forget about how Mm -hmm. you got there yeah Um, and right and it's like oh it's the the pretty building by the by the center of campus or or on the outskirts or wherever it is right and it it becomes like a non-factor to you um and so I really didn't think about admissions at all um during my undergrad experience after until I started working in it and Mm -hmm. so the admissions world is it's very cyclical um and it follows a standard application process so in the fall um I do is our travel season so I I travel to my territories so right now my territories are Connecticut and then the Pacific Northwest So I spent a large chunk of the fall out in Vancouver, um, Seattle, Portland, Boise. And during that time, I was going into high schools and talking with high school students about what they were looking for in colleges, uh, what my college specifically offered, um, and just about like the college process in general, because I think it's a very daunting one. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that during the fall, I do a lot of recruiting. Um, and so the majority of my day is taken up by school visits. Um, and then at night, I kind of have my project portfolios, if you will, of the, of that marketing content that I catch up on, um, at night. Gotcha. So after the fall, we then transition into, um, reading season which we are currently in right now so um as how we kind of talk about it in in the office and what i tell prospective students is after you press submit on the common app um everybody just kind of thinks like oh yes the college process is done and then i'll get a letter back and and i'll hear about it Mm -hmm. um but for for us in the admissions world, this is like our really busy season because we're trying to gather all the materials for every application. And then we have to actually read them all. Um, Mm -hmm. So right now is pretty much 
almost all admissions work just because of the volume and um, the tight deadlines mm -hmm. um, with with the different admissions rounds and trying to get answers back to people um, and making sure everyone's, you know, letters of recommendation from a teacher are in the right file. Um, yeah. And, and all of all of those like very specific. Um, and it's all done digitally now as you know, well, the common app, but everything's mm -hmm. online. So a large majority of my day is staring at the computer, which I don't love and I actively tried to avoid doing this when I was mm -hmm. searching for jobs in my undergrad <laughs> um, but I think I tolerate it because I'm like it's okay it's only you know a two-month span and then right. I kind of move on to the next um, and then spring becomes yield season which is essentially trying to get the students who have applied and we have accepted to actually come to the school mm -hmm. um, and so that's a lot more of outreach. Um, I, I start to do a lot more marketing work on how do we have our Instagram ads showing to the students we want to see us and stay on their radar, um, as well as getting students onto campus to visit. So that's much more like face-to-face -face contact. And then in the summer, we kind of strategize and replan for the following year to do it all over again. Gotcha. So it sounds like the summer, maybe you're spending just a little bit more percentage on that marketing and communication piece because you're kind of gearing up for attracting students again in the fall for the following season. Exactly. exactly. Okay. Wow. And that is one thing I do want to call out because um, I, in most, in most of my interviews, I ask the professional, like, what's your least favorite thing about your job? And I love that you call out, you know, I was actively looking for something where I wasn't sitting behind a desk staring at a computer, right? But I think there's something to be said about the seasonality in your job. Um, I know mm -hmm. some people like really, really want something where, yeah, they may be doing something that they really don't love in one season, but they know it's coming to an end versus every day, 365 days a year, they're doing the exact same thing. It's kind of nice to like become an expert at something and then be able to like switch gears into something else. Like you said, as soon as it's yield, se um, yield season, like you focus on like sending out offers and getting people to, you know, commit and all those things. And so it's like, you kind of know what to expect next, but it's always a new challenge. Exactly. And you kind of, um, like get to relearn it every year. And mm -hmm. then also, um, when you get tra like travel season, my first trip. Um, so I typically travel for, I go out on the road for a week and then I come back to the office for a week out on the road for a week come back um and so like the first two trips you're like wow this is so fun I get to go see new places <laughs> um work is paying for all of my meals I have really nice rental cars and then by the last trip we're like oh my god I can't wait to not have to get on another plane and yeah. not drive and sleep in my own bed mm -hmm. um and by the time you get to that point you're you're kind of done and then you're like oh well now I get to essentially hibernate for the winter mm -hmm. um and and I live very far north so it gets dark really really early here and so sitting behind a computer screen is not that bad when the sun sets around four o'clock right um, 
because it's dark and cold anyways. So mm-hmm. it's tolerable. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I love that though, because then you're done, you're finishing as you're kind of over it by the time you're finishing. And then you kind of have, you know, X number of months to do the other work that doesn't cause you to travel. And then by the time you get to that season again of travel, you're kind of like refreshed and ready to hop on the airplane again. So most, exactly. most travel exactly. jobs don't have that. So that, that is a good distinction. And, and I'm the same way as you. When I was in my consulting job, I was like, this is so fun. I get to travel. And then like six months in, I was like, nope, I'm done. I'm tired. Yeah, exactly. Like I could not, I could not hang with the best of them, but, um, but I, but I would have probably loved it if I had like a break and then could go back. So that's, that's so, um, yeah, awesome. So I, I think that's definitely one, um, of the really cool parts is you kind of, I kind of have like four jobs in one because it's, it's so cyclical in that Mm -hmm. way. Oh, that's so awesome. Well, this has been so helpful. And like I mentioned at the beginning, I want to make sure we can kind of keep it bite size and give my listeners as much information as possible. And you've really covered so, so much. So I appreciate that. Um, But just to finish out the podcast and probably my favorite part of these interviews is to help my listeners understand that if they're on the edge of their seat listening to you saying, I want her job in five, 10 plus, plus, plus years, whatever, um, what would be the next best step for them either today or upon graduation? So I think one of the really cool things about the admissions world is it is a fast-paced kind of younger environment Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a high turnover rate and I and I don't mean that in a bad way but like people are always moving because um, there's a lot of schools and a lot of admissions positions and Mm -hmm. so like one of my coworkers just left because her husband relocated and it was easier for her to find another job Mm -hmm. um, than him to get another job because there's a there's a lot of colleges out there Um, and Mm -hmm. then there's also high school admissions so it can like kind of bracket out to this whole world yeah Um, and getting into the admissions world so that that admissions counselor position is a really great one for recent graduates and those are the type of people um, offices are looking for because they want people who are younger and can relate to a high school student like hey I just went through this process Mm -hmm. um and so you have that kind of appeal to them and a lot of those positions are like zero to two years experience so it's a it's pretty it's a great way to enter the world that way um and if and and that's something that I had no idea about um but because i kind of had this admissions counselor position when i applied to the to the role i'm currently in um they were like well you already have experience so we're going to bump you up to an admissions um an assistant director and so there's a lot of upward mobility and it can mm-hmm. happen very quickly which is very rewarding um mm-hmm. as as an employee so you can there's a lot of room for growth if you come in at the ground level um and to kind of work your way up to that that top area. Um, so I guess one thing that I wish I knew when I was job searching, or if someone wants to kind of be in my position now, mm-hmm. is 
by applying to a job, it doesn't mean that like you're totally stuck there forever. Mm-hmm. I think I was like really paralyzed by the fact that if I apply to this job and I get it, then I'm going to have to be in this field for X amount of years or mm-hmm. like that's what my life is going to look like. Um, and so, yes, right now I'm currently in higher ed, but a lot of what I do um, kind of touches a lot of things. So maybe in a couple of years when I don't want to be into higher ed, I could go focus just on the marketing because I have that piece. Yeah. Or uh, a lot of private high schools have an admissions office. So I have that piece. Um, college counseling is becoming a, a huge profession. And a lot of times they're hiring people who've worked in the admissions office. So it's mm-hmm. like the bookend of the other side. So just not being afraid to like commit and any step is a step forward. Even it it doesn't make you locked in. Yeah. And I would even say, and correct me if I'm wrong. um, I feel that the admissions world is probably its own kind of community. So let's say you're out of school right now and you're graduating and you're marketing or, you know, maybe you want to be on the financial part of the admissions or whatever you you feel that you can fit in with admissions do you think it would be a good idea for any of these students to talk to their school's admissions department saying hey or whoever they may know saying like hey i i really want to get into this world do you have anyone i can connect with or any schools that you know are hiring kind of entry level like do you feel that people know people in that world and can refer absolutely and i think um, it's such an accessible conversation to have because for a lot of students, it's right there on campus. Mm-hmm. And I think if you would go there and have that conversation, um, a lot of admissions counselors or people who work in admissions did not go to the school they work at, which mm-hmm. is kind of funny, but yeah. a lot, a lot do. So like I work with a lot of alumni um, who went to the school that I work at now, um, and th- and they have that ability to talk to students. So you would either be able to connect with someone um, in that office if you would be interested in working at your school, or n- there's a very good chance that someone at your university's office has either worked at another school or went somewhere else um, and has a connection to mm-hmm. someone in the world. That's awesome. Okay. That's great advice. Just, just from listening to you and you saying, you know, my old coworker is now has left for her husband's work or whatever. I'm just thinking surely if it's an upward moving organ type of industry that people kind of move and that's just part of it, that they go from certain schools to certain schools, which like you said, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It on it, it's probably a good thing. It means that they're needing more and more people because more and more people are going to college these days. It's getting more and more competitive. Um, so I, I love that. This has been so helpful. Um, and I'm so appreciative of your time and, um, yeah, I just hope that my students get something from this, um, and I know that they will, and um, feel free to reach out to me, um, all my listeners, if you have any questions or need to get connected with Amy. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, thank you, Amy. Thanks for listening. If you loved this episode and are inspired by this 9 to fiver, let us know. Subscribe and leave us a five-star review. 
screenshot this episode and tag us on social at fourth underscore LLC. We would love to hear what professionals and industries you want to hear from next. Want more career guidance, discovery, and inspiration? Be sure to visit our website, goforthllc.com, and browse our career downloads, read our blogs, and get inspired to go forth.